This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for shining on today. Inspiration to live well. We've got a couple of great guests today. And next week, Mark Nepo is going to be on the show. Mark Nepo is coming to New York soon, so he'll join us next week to tell us where he's going to be. Maybe you discovered Mark with Oprah when she fell in love with his book of awakening. I actually saw him speak in Newark with Oprah. Mark Nepo's new book is called More Together Than Alone. He is just so soothing to talk to. So that's coming up next week. And next weekend is my Shine On retreat, Discover the Power Within, in Ossining. Still time to sign up at Casey.co. I've got summer retreats lined up, too, for July and August. Just saying. Vincent Jenna is coming up today in just a little bit. He is the medium who is also a therapist, and he has the key to finding love. You're going to be surprised. But first, raise your hand if you know someone with anxiety or depression, right? hands down. Get them this book, Notes on a Nervous Planet, and turn them on to Matt Haig. Matt wrote the international bestseller, Reasons to Stay Alive, Dealing with Depression, and then he wrote a bunch of novels and a children's book. But this gem I am holding in my hand right now, Notes on a Nervous Planet, is a collection of chapters, some shorter than others, each with a healing message, like page 177. It's called A Wish. I so wish I could explain something to my younger self. I wish I could tell myself that it wasn't all me. I wish I could say that there were things I could do because my anxiety, my depression wasn't just there. Illness, like injury, often has context. When I fall into a frantic or despairing state of mind full of unwelcome thoughts that can't slow down, it is often the result of a series, a sequence of things, when I do too much think too much, absorb too much, eat too badly, sleep too little, work too hard, get too frazzled by life. There it is. A repetitive strain injury of the mind. Matt Haig, what does he want us to know today? Um, I think just an understanding that mental health is health and so it is affected by how we live and it's affected by the modern world and I don't think you know it sounds simple enough but I think often mental health lags behind physical health and that understanding I mean, physical health whatever you know health condition we have um, we understand there are things that we can do that make it worse or things that we can do that make it better with our mental health we, we still don't understand that the way we live has a massive part to play in in the health of our minds and you know I'm someone who's had all kinds of battles and issues with anxiety and depression over my life and it's, it's taken me a long time to understand that too but it's not just about illness it's about stress you know we all have mental health to some extent and we're at this particularly quite overwhelming point in our history where technology is advancing very fast we've got all kinds of scary stuff going on in the world and we're trying to process this with the same hardware we've essentially had for thousands and thousands of years ourselves and our minds bodies and it's no wonder that we sort of crash from time to time but i feel like understanding a lot of this and accepting a lot of this and talking about a lot of this actually 
can help us feel a bit better because it can feel like, ah, okay, there are reasons why I feel like this. Like, it's not just down to me. It's not just some personality flaw that's just going to happen, whatever. There are things I can do that can make me feel better. You are doing such a great service to everyone in helping us realize our physical health and our mental health, they're things that need tending to. We all have physical health. We all have mental health. But I have to tell you, it scared the heck out of me on page 83. Quotes about the internet from a former CEO of Google and from a former Google employee basically saying the internet is really bad for us. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that a lot of the warnings about social media and the internet aren't coming from old dudes saying, oh, it was better in my day or any of that. It's coming from Silicon Valley. It's coming from the people who know it better than anyone who often invented it. I mean, the the very guy who invented the Facebook like button, um, Josh, someone or other. Anyway, he he now regrets that he did that. He he now feels that was sort of like Frankenstein's monster. It was was, was too much. And obviously that led to the other equivalents in the Facebook like button on Twitter and Instagram. And it's what made social media so addictive. And um, a lot of these people have their own locks on their phone where they, they can't access social media sites that they themselves have worked on. They send their kids to schools with no technology. Yeah, it's quite quite wild. Yeah, we all got addicted very fast. I'm going to ask a really stupid question. You're so funny. You're so funny. You write, you're hysterical the way you write. It's like I pick up your books and I feel like, wow, he's my friend. How can you have that side of your personality and also have struggled so much with depression? I think weirdly the two go together. I feel like depression is a horrible experience and I I wouldn't recommend it and I would not want to go back to the time I was most seriously depressed. And yet, at the same time, it feels almost like a black comedy, like you're a literal like fish out of water uh, where the rest of the world seems like it's carrying on its normal business, and yet you feel like your head's on fire, no one can see what's going on with you, and they're, they're talking to you, and you're almost, in a very dark way, you're almost finding it funny because it just is such a disconnect to how you're feeling. And I feel like humor's a way of... Um, dealing with the bad stuff. I think that's why we have humor. You know, there's often a joke at a funeral, isn't there? It's how we cope with pain and how we deal with things. So I wouldn't say I'm funny, but I I do try to be. (laughs) You are funny. You're funny. And so I love the, I was reading about you and your friend and um, fellow uh, writer, Stephen Fry said, don't become Mr. Depression, right? So what did you do about that? I became Mr. Depression. No, (laughs) I I tried... (laughs) I, I, you know what I did? I wrote a book called Reasons to Stay Alive, which was another book about mental health. And straight after that, I wrote a children's book about Santa Claus. I wrote a novel for adults about a 439-year-old man. I just surrounded myself with stuff that wasn't talking about mental health. But now I'm at a point where I don't even mind, because I think part of that fear about being Mr. Depression was a silly fear to have, because... My whole argument is that it's just another health issue. It's a health issue and we should have no shame in talking about it. It's okay, Uh, it's no judgment on you. And so I don't mind, you know, people often say, and, and, and they mean it in a very nice way and it's a very kind thing to say, but people say, oh, you're so brave to talk about your experiences of depression or anxiety. 
And really, I don't feel brave. You know, there was no consequence for me of talking about it. You know, I'm a writer. It's not like I, I work for the fire service or something else where people might think, oh, well, 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 you know, mental health issues or any of that. So I was in a very privileged position to be able to talk about it. And I, I, I talked about it. And it was nice, actually, to feel like you're doing something useful and helping people because you don't always get that as a writer so to actually feel like you're offering something good to the world is quite nice yeah and you are Matt Haig notes on a nervous planet page 247 can you explain what minus psychograms are (laughs) um well okay um basically one of the frustrating things when you have a mental illness is often it's invisible so people don't know what you're going through so I thought you know some people like to think, oh, that could never happen to me. I could never get so stressed out that I'd get burnt out or get depressed or anything. You know, I'm strong. I can do it. Anything. But those same people would admit that there are some physical weights that they can't lift. And I thought it'd be interesting if, if we had a chart of mental weights of things that made us feel heavier and things that make us feel lighter. So the, the minor psychograms are the nice things, the, the happy things, some happy piece of news, time with your family and loved ones, uh, uh, the sun coming out, um, you know, going to the beach, whatever it is, to actually lift our mood and make us feel lighter. But I do believe there's a kind of limit that we all have that would actually tip any of us over. And, and the mo- modern world puts a lot on there's a lot of stuff that we can't control. Right. All right. So what are you doing now daily to help your mental health stay good? Well, my things are, uh, but some of them are quite boring things, to be honest, like just keeping a routine, a little bit of routine that suits me, getting to bed on time. You know, sleep is a major thing. And sleep is something that is so interrupted and messed up by the modern world of checking our phones late, of watching Netflix at all hours or whatever it is. So just trying to be a bit disciplined about sleep, not having my smartphone by my bed, and giving myself space and allowing myself not to be perfect and not to be working all the time and not to be high-flying, this, that, and the other, and just not to always, you know, strive and accept accept the messiness of being a human being, basically, and not having, you know, perfect body, perfect skin, perfect bank balance, perfect everything else we're all expected to have. Matt Haig, good stuff. Notes on a nervous planet. Where can we go to find out more? The book should be in bookstores now in America. And also I'm on Twitter as Matt Haig1 and Instagram too, which I'm trying to use uh, a little bit more sparingly. But you can find me on the internet. Mental health is health. No different than physical health or financial health. Matt Haig, M-A-T-T-H-I-G. Find him and read him and give this book Notes on a Nervous Planet to Someone You Love. Hi, it's Casey. Getting the Love We Want is on the way with Vincent Jenna. And we're going to wrap up with another little dose of Matt Haig coming up, okay? Thank you for tuning in to Shine On, inspiration for health and happiness. I want to tell you about the experience we had last week at the Women's Healing Circle. The phrase I most often heard that day was this, I never told this to anyone before. That was the phrase. From time to time, I host these healing circles for victims of abuse and trauma. And then I spend days reading incredible email from women who cannot get over the feeling of freedom that comes from telling their story. Not everybody talks. Some just sit and listen. And still, a healing begins. Get in touch and I'll let you know when the next healing circle is. Or heck, have a healing circle of your own. You know, I never really understood the AA phrase, we're only as sick as our secrets. 
But now I get it. It's the secret held inside that works like a poison. Share the secret. The healing is dramatic. Thank you to all the ladies who showed up. Okay, here's a thought to try on. You don't get the person you want. You get what you already are. Huh? Vincent Jenna, the psychic psychotherapist, explains why we can't find love. Number one is what you just said, finding love. Most people go out shopping for love, like they're going shopping for a dress or a suit to see if it fits them. And, and if, is this going to work? Um, do I look good in this? Does it make me look good? Does it make me feel good? And that's not what it's all about. Love is about what you attract to you, not what you go out shopping for. So most people have a hard time, Casey, believe it or not, because most people do not believe deep down inside in the deepest part of their psyche that they are lovable. The messages that we receive when we're younger, those negative messages, we store, we store away in a holding house of our mind. All the maladaptive, I'm not, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not worthy enough, I'm not lovable enough. And because of the law of attraction, which is a spiritual element we have to understand and the power that we tap into, we attract based on those true inner core beliefs. So if you believe you are lovable and you're a knight in shining armor or a princess, you will attract the person you deserve and someone just like you. But most people don't believe in themselves. And then with each relationship that breaks up, that compounds the feeling of I'm not lovable, but they don't hear themselves saying that. You know, you see what I mean? Yes, I do. So really, you don't get what you're looking for. You kind of get what you already are. Oh, my gosh, that is so perfect. (laughs) However, however, when people look at it like that, they go, wait a minute. Oh, no, no, no. That jerk was abusive. I'm not a jerk. I'm not an abusive person saying, no, I would argue the fact that you are abusive, maybe not to others but certainly to yourself. And, I mean, they don't give themselves a break. Let me, let, I mean, just look, if you have to get in front of a mirror and put on a pair of jeans and ask yourself, oh, my gosh, or ask your partner, does my butt look fat in these? You know, that is not an acceptable self-image, right? We're right. always questioning it. So can you imagine how much internally we question about ourselves, period? And what you put out is exactly what you get. That's why I always say, Casey, attraction has nothing to do with another person. It's all have to do with yourself. So the first thing you do is work on yourself before you go out shopping for love. Well, exactly. And actually, people do it in reverse. They go out shopping for love in order to work on themselves. Oh. Well, sure. If I can get somebody to love me, then that means I'm lovable. Right? right? And then, and that's where it's wrong. It's backwards. We create backwards. We're constantly looking for something external to help us with something internal. And you have to help the internal first in order for the external to work. Right. So let's talk about the list. We've all been told uh, if you're looking for love, just get out the pen and pad and write down everything you want and you're perfect mate. And this is what I want everybody to do. I want them to do exactly that. At the top of their pad, this is a a great exercise for everyone to do. All your listeners, they can even do it right now, all right? Take out a pad and pen and title it, 
the top 10 things I want in a partner. Okay. Okay. I list, and I limit it to 10 because believe it or not, if I tell people to list everything they want, they need a book. Right. Okay. So list the top most important 10 things. Okay. Most important 10 things. After you're done with the list, Mm -hmm. go to the top of the title again, cross out the word partner, and write in the word me. Oh, baby. Right? The top 10 things I want in me. And the reason, Casey, why that works is because like attracts like, not opposite. Like attracts like, the core. It may present itself opposite in personalities because, I mean, between men and women and and even if it's the same gender, you have different personalities. So it'll come out differently. But the idea that opposites attract is actually incorrect and a fallacy. It's like attracts like. So therefore, if you work on every one of those aspects you want in another person and you be sure that some way, somehow, you're working on those inside of you, then I can assure you, you will attract your perfect love. And that's exactly the name of my relationship workshop, is attract your perfect love. That's what it's all about. But here, the other thing that I do have to say about that list, please, Mm -hmm. I was on another radio show, an interview, and I had mentioned that, and after I got off the air, I heard them making fun of the list, because one of the guys said, the first thing I want on my list is a woman who's really built, so what am I supposed to do, go out and get knockers now hmm. and i'm like oh my god that's so foolish so if you do and you got to be honest with yourself if you do care about somebody's physical appearance what you do need to do is take care of yourself okay right. exactly. physically take care of yourself if you care i want somebody who cares about themselves physically they take care of their health then you make sure you take care of your health and that's what you'll attract and somebody else somebody who cares about themselves but you will get to you who you are so get that list working what about people who say oh i don't want somebody unless they're six feet two. I don't want to date a short guy or a woman. What are those people really saying? Yeah, well, it's, it's when, when a person ever asks for a specific physical feature in another human being, it's because they're dissatisfied with their own. What, we can constantly, if we just assess how we look at the world and other people, we'll know exactly how we think about ourselves. Because it's a complete mirror reflection, right? Right. Um, if, we, if we worry about a person's finances, it's because we care about our finances way too much and we don't, we don't always feel deserving. We don't always feel um, that we're making enough or worthy enough. So we want to make sure it's in somebody else. So always know that defense mechanisms, um, a major one, projection, is you project your own insecurities out onto the world. Now, one of the things I do want to say about relationships, Casey, which is really important to understand is while you're in them, right? I get a lot of clients who are leaving relationships and or the plan on or want to, and I ask them, okay, what is your biggest complaint about the, your partner, your biggest complaint about your partner? So anybody who's in a relationship now and have any complaints about their partners, no matter what it is, emotional abuse, physical abuse, Uh, critical, shut down emotionally, don't share, don't communicate, whatever it is, write it down. Because if that list 
is about what you attract to you, then somehow, some way, that person who's in front of you is going to help you learn about yourself. As a matter of fact, that's the whole purpose of relationships and why we set them up. Right, 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 right. So this is in your space because there's part of you that's vibrating at that frequency and it's here to hold up a mirror to say, this is what we need to work on. Exactly. So, so somebody will say to me, okay, well, wait, that doesn't make sense. He's emotionally abusive. And I'll go back and I'll say to them, then you are emotionally abusive of yourself. Okay, well, what about physical abuse? I, I've never hit myself. I said, wait, well, yeah, he's doing it physically and actually doing it because he's a male. However, when you criticize yourself, how hard are you on yourself? then don't be so surprised that it happens in your outer world because you expect it in your inner world. And a matter of fact, there's actually been uh, research done on that by psychologists. And uh, women who attract physical abusers, most of them, 90% of them, were physically abused by either a parent or someone in their childhood. And so they get very used to being abused right? Mm -hmm. And so it's in an unconscious part of their mind thinking that that's the way it is supposed to be. And they literally put that out into the universe and attract somebody who is physically abusive or going to be. So really, our childhood, you know, patterns that set in our childhood can be repeated all throughout our adult life. And I'm guessing at the bottom line is we need to learn to love ourselves to have healthy love. Absolutely. We have to literally reparent ourselves and give the little kid inside of us who we're in accumulation, Casey. We, we don't go from one years old to 14 to 30 to 50 to 70. We're not. I, right now, I'm 63 years old. And we say that I'm 63 years old. And in actuality, I've actually have accumulated 63 years. I have 63 years of my whole life. So that's a lot of accumulation in there, right? Mm -hmm. So that child within you, that mindset that you received when you were younger is still within you. And and through most of your adult life, because that childhood uh, self-image was negative for most people, no matter what intensity your childhood was, you're going to have negative feelings in there. You spend the rest of your adult life trying to create new beliefs to protect you and shield you from the original set of beliefs. So yes, it is influencing you constantly. So reparenting and fulfilling the emotional needs of that child within you is the most vital thing that you can do for yourself. That's the basis and the foundation of all my work, is healing that inner kid, because that's where it starts from, and it leads you all the way until you leave this earth, unless you heal that. And that is the basis and foundation of all my work, Vincent Jenna. That's probably why we get along so well, healing that inner kid. VincentJenna.com. I love him. Okay, kids, thanks for tuning in. Last call for the March Retreat, Casey.co, next weekend. Discover your power within. Do you know I post a daily thought for the day at Casey.co? Yes, I do. You could check it out. Here's our thought for the day today, a little longer than usual. But I just wanted to get another dose of Matt Haig in you. Okay, you unplugged. Life can sometimes feel like an overproduced song with a cacophony of a hundred instruments playing all at once. Sometimes the song sounds better stripped back to just a guitar and a voice. Sometimes when a song has too much happening, it's hard to hear the song at all. And like that overcrowded song, we too can feel a bit lost.
Our natural selves haven't changed in tens of thousands of years, and we should remember that with every new app or smartphone or social media platform or nuclear weapon we design. We should remember the song of being human. To think of the air when we feel stuck underwater. To find some calm amid an age of saturated marketing and breaking news and the million daily jolts of the internet. To be unafraid of being afraid. To be our own brilliant, true, beautiful, fragile, flawed, imperfect, animal, aging, wonderful selves trapped in time and space, made free by our ability to stop at any moment and find something, a song, a sunbeam, a conversation, a piece of pretty graffiti, and feel the sheer improbable wonder of being alive. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.